It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. And I am Don Crawford Jr., the co-host and the very appreciative owner of KAAM Radio, welcoming you to another estate planning essentials or strategies or complications program, gladly and gratefully seeking to protect your family, your assets, and you. And I'm sitting with my very good friend, my co-host, my attorney, Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. How you doing? I'm doing fine, Michael. All is well on my end, and I'm looking forward to today's topic because it is certainly in the news these days of what's happened with, of all people, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones. And he has what is, for lack of a better word, a crazy lawsuit that's now kicking in. And um, apparently this relates to what you specialize in regarding what happens to parent-child relationships here. Well, I'm not a specialist in family law, that's for sure. I'm more of a, I deal in estate planning and elder law, but um, but in this case, I was. it reminded me when I read a, an Ohio case at the end of uh, February, uh, it reminded me of well, what happens if this were the situation for Jerry Jones. By the way, as you know, I'm a big cowboy fan, so I'm not picking on Jerry Jones. I'm trying to use this as an example of some situations that could occur, but this is just a fictional uh, story. So just think of the, at least as far as relating Jerry Jones to an actual case in Ohio. Okay. So in the case in Ohio, there was the person had a, a will, the, per, the deceased person had a will, and he left everything to uh, his son his one son, he did have some minor children, and they were contingent beneficiaries. There were a couple of uh, people who uh, sued because they said that they were daughters, that they were illegitimate daughters. So this kind of reminded me a little bit of this lawsuit uh, with Jerry Jones uh, that we just mentioned that uh, this uh, person named Alexandra Davis had recently sued around I think it was around, well, it was reported around March the 9th that that he was the father and that, um, uh, therefore, uh, some of the agreements that she had, had been made when she was just a child should not be enforced. Uh, can't, so that gets to the point where can a parent sign an agreement for a child? Uh, and, or is the statute of limitations hold until they reach the age of majority, and then the, can they bring suit? Well, anyway, uh, the so I get into, so it gets into some of the same types of issues as this other particular case. Uh, there's a parentage issue, and then there's uh, who inherits. Uh, remember a few, last year sometime, we had, a, we talked about Charlie Pride, uh, 
and how Charlie Pride had a child from another relationship. And in his will, uh, he had given like $50,000 to this particular child, and the child contested the will, saying that there was undue influence and that he should be entitled to a lot more money because Charlie Pride had like a $40 million estate. And he said that Charlie Pride either lacked capacity when he signed the will or that he was unduly influenced by his wife at the time. And so uh, he contested the will. And that, as far as I know, that thing is still going on. And in this particular Ohio case, uh, somewhat similar, although different, the two daughters who said that they were uh, just illegitimate daughters, and uh, and they thought that the dad, the dad, uh, they were also arguing that dad lacked either lacked capacity or was unduly influenced. That the will said everything to son, uh, and therefore they're saying if the will wasn't good, then you go by the laws of intestacy. That's what laws of intestacy are when you don't have a will, a valid will. And when you didn't have a valid will, then a lot of times you could determine who the the relatives are, including the heirs, and and there should not be, you know, there's different rules as far as uh, if you're a child, then it goes by the laws of the state, whichever you live in. In this case, the state was uh, in Ohio, and they may have different rules, and every state has different rules. Uh, regarding that. And so there's a lot of times there's parentage uh, actions, which are often determined in a family court, whereas, um, and not in a probate court, except for when you don't have a will. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When you don't have a will, then you have to determine who the heirs are. And so then there might be genetic testing. Uh, Remember, we even talked about this at one time last year on the uh, Charles Manson situation, where California uh, had a a uh, law that only through a parent and child and not a grandchild could establish paternity. And that went up through several different levels of uh, appeals to determine if Charles uh, Manson's quote-unquote grandchild would be able to inherit his paraphernalia, you know, all the different things, because he didn't really have assets except for his uh, different things that he had in connection with him. And, you know, of course, a lot of people want anything in connection with uh, was something that's uh, dealing with some famous or infamous person. Right. And there was a uh, – so anyway, uh, the bottom line in this – in the Ohio case, the two daughters, uh, illegitimate daughters, sued the executor after the will had been um, probated and said that they were alleged daughters uh, and that they should inherit, and they wanted to have a genetic test. Hmm. They wanted to have a test. Uh, of the uh, mother of the ch- of, of their mother, as well as somehow from the from others like the brother of the deceased, hmm. and um, to determine that they were the uh, children of the deceased, they they were named in the obituary, but they in the will it says that they were just alleged daughters uh, and that they were not really. Uh, uh, they did not say that they were the daughters, and they did not inherit. And they were just saying, well, no, really, we are the daughters. The will wasn't good. It was undue influence, and therefore, we should inherit. Well, the courts, it went up to a different appellate level. They are saying, oh, should, uh, under um, Ohio law, uh, 
do illegitimate children have any less rights than uh, legitimate children? They shouldn't have any less rights. Of course, that's been over time. Uh, it doesn't, you know, things that used to be considered uh, more taboo are no longer considered as taboo as in the uh, prior previously. Right. And probably a good many more people are born out of wedlock today yeah. than ever before. I'm not trying to make a moral judgment or anything like that. I'm just saying what, what we see that's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, Anyway, so they're saying, you know, there's a violation of equal protection. Uh, the children were over 23 at the time that they contested the will, and that's important because the uh, under the Ohio law, the statute of limitations for uh, to determine uh, parentage had to be done within five years of reaching the age of majority. Uh, this was not done until after this contest was not done until after they were 23. Mm-hmm. And so the statute of limitations, so sometimes there's limitations. You know, let's say you have a contract uh, that there's usually a four-year statute of limitations unless there was something like in construction that wasn't discovered until a later date, and then the statute of limitations goes from the date of discovery. Uh, so in this case, I wonder on the Jerry Jones case, going back to that, uh, was there a statute of limitations to determine parentage in Texas? Again, I'm not a family law attorney. I don't know the answer, but if she's over, uh, you know, it looks like you had the age majority of 18, and this was a contract a settlement agreement, then would there only be four years? And has the statute of limitations been um, been passed? I don't know. We'll find out in in the courts in, in years to come, as if it's ever if it's not unsealed. Um, as you as we may know, or those who have read about the Jerry Jones case, uh, there this person had uh, his mother had signed a settlement agreement to be quiet. And that they had Jerry Jones allegedly had a trust established uh, by somebody else, where he contributed to the trust to uh, pay um, some sort of support payments until uh, she was in her upper twenties. She's gotten some payments already, uh, but she has been fearful that uh, if she said anything, uh, because uh, that the tr- the payments would stop, because that was a part of the agreement. But then again, it gets to the question: Can she even uh, can she even uh, complain? Uh, because you know, it has the statute of limitations been told, uh, and has that expired? And why now? And what's the reason for that? Well, I'm not really sure. I know the answers to that. But again, uh, that's what what was that's what was stated in the newspaper based on the court records before they were sealed. Well, anyway, similar to that. In the Ohio case, they uh, brought an action to determine parentage, but again, it was after five years after the person had uh, had the two daughters had reached 23, uh, so they had not determined parentage, and they're trying to do that in a probate court. Hmm. Again, usually you only do that when you, there's no will at all, and here there was a will. So in Ohio, they said, look, you passed the statute of limitations, uh, number one, and you only brought this thing after you lost at the lower level, and you're really supposed to bring it at the, at the uh, lowest level if you're bringing a constitutional argument. 
By the way, switching gears, again, uh, on the Jerry Jones case, the uh, the daughter, the alleged daughter, is saying she, it was constitutional that those agreements should not be uh, – she should not be bound by those agreements. Mm-hmm. So another constitutional issue may be, may be equal protection of a law for those who are, are either are illegitimate. Uh, anyway, so uh, in this in – in the other – the difference, too, uh, from – Getting back to, I hate to keep switching uh, from one case to another, but there's a lot of similarities. Right. Remember in the Charlie, Charlie Pride case, that illegitimate son got $50,000. Well, he was named in the will. In this case, uh, in the Ohio case, that is, these two daughters were named as not daughters, uh, and they were not to get a, any bequest. So they were not an interested party. In the Charlie Pride case, where the son was a beneficiary, he was have he was named as a, a beneficiary, and therefore he was an interested party, and therefore he could bring suit. In the Ohio case, they were not a beneficiary, so they may not have been an interested party, and therefore it could be uh, the court decided that they could not bring suit especially when the parentage had not been determined within five years after reaching the age of majority. The age of majority in Ohio was 18. They were over 23, and therefore they could not bring an action uh, for parentage at that time to, so, that they, so they wanted to have that parentage action determined to say that the will before they went forward with the will because if they uh, – contesting the will because if there was – parentage, uh, and the person had undue influence, then the will might not have been good, and therefore they might have been able to inherit. Interesting. Well, yeah. So we now this, how does this relate to the our example here today with the Jerry Jones case? I mm-hmm. don't know that it will, <laughs> to be honest mm-hmm. with you, but, the, but let's say just a, a hypothetical that somebody wanted to establish parentage because they had the thoughts that at a later date they could get a lot more money than whatever was given to them in the settlement agreement. Right. You know, so in other words, if like on Charlie Pride's situation, the son said, you know, fifty thousand just not going to cut it, even though you made all these different gifts to me during my lifetime. Uh, if you got a forty million dollar state and I'm a child, I think I can stand to get a lot more by going through a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Well, I wonder. I'm not saying that Alexander Davis is not honorable or anything like that, but you want, and this is so. This is not to be uh, determined that this is what happened in their case. But let's say there was something similar to that, and there was some wealthy person who uh, had an illegitimate child. Do you think that there's sometimes somebody may have that in mind, possibly? And if they did, they feel like that they might be able to get a bigger jackpot when you have a billionaire who is opposed to getting whatever the settlement agreement was when you could not sign an agreement because you were a minor, because you're not having capacity. So what would happen in Texas, I don't know. I don't know that I've ever seen a case like that, and I'm not saying that uh, I don't do uh, will contests. But however, what we do say is a lot of times we have to make sure that when you have a will, that you consider different things. Either you purposely uh, do not mention somebody, or, or maybe you mention them, but you say that they don't inherit. And then the, or sometimes 
uh, on those known contest provisions. Sometimes you do give somebody something because you feel like that they won't contest if they give a certain dollar amount. So like in Charlie Pride's son's situation, it wasn't sufficient to stop him from contesting. Uh, on the other hand, uh, the if you give somebody nothing, then, well, well, they have to lose. But on the other hand, if they if that was the case, uh, they could, you could argue, well, they were not an interested party if they were not named in the will. So unless there was some undue influence or uh, things like that, the equitable arguments of lack of capacity, undue influence, duress, that type of thing. And that is your so job. I mean, yeah, that's what you yeah. do for a living. You lay out all the what-ifs. Um, you think of every conceivable possibility for your clients to make sure that every single situation is considered in advance, and then that document, whatever it is, a will of trust or other, is prepared accordingly so that it does not come back to haunt your clients. And that's the beauty of Michael Cohen. It's what every attorney should do. If your attorney's not doing that, or you've already been sandbagged and caught off guard, um, that's not a good thing. And therefore, you're probably in the wrong legal hands, in my subjective opinion. Uh, to make sure you're in the right hands, at least have your situation evaluated. You need to attend Michael's next workshop, which is online, which is via Zoom, so it's not in person. Never have to leave your home. And that is on Tuesday, March the 22nd at 1 p.m. And Michael, tell everybody what happens at those estate planning essentials workshops. Well, we ask people, what do you want to know? We have a presentation on general estate planning and, a lot to, and about Medicaid, public benefits planning. Uh, for those who usually a lot of times people ask questions about, you know, if they don't have adequate long-term care insurance, so they're concerned about getting eligibility for Medicaid. A lot of times, on the other hand, people have questions on wills or trusts or powers of attorney or just general estate planning or probate. Uh, or veterans' benefits. Uh, you never know what people are going to ask, and every workshop is different. We've been doing the workshops now since the end of 2012. Wow! So it's getting to be close. Uh, later this year, will be our we'll completed 10 years. Uh, can you believe that? Yeah, I can uh, believe and, it. Are you going to have cake at, the, at that 10-year anniversary, even though it's online? Uh, yeah, I hadn't <laughs> thought about that. Balloons. I may have a left. I, I may have a leftover uh, uh, cake for Fat tu from Fat Tuesday. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the uh, the it might be a little bit bad by that point. Yeah, but, I think uh, so. Maybe, but, <laughs> well, at least I hope I hope at least at that time uh, that the workshops will be back in person again. Yeah. Uh, we have been doing them virtually, uh, but I anticipate that we'll be doing them. You know, back in person, if that's what people want, very soon. Good. Uh, just like we'll be doing these radio shows, probably, hopefully, back at the studio very so. soon, mm -hmm. as, as we think that the pandemic is getting behind us. Mm -hmm. We just ask people what they want to know, mm -hmm. and then we have a presentation, and then we proceed to have the after the presentation or during the presentation, we answer the questions. And even if that person's questions are not fully answered because they wanted to get into more detail, then we offer a free vision meeting for those who attend the workshop. Only those who turn the workshop will be able to entitled to a free vision meeting, which is also one hour. The workshop is two hours. So basically you get three free hours of education without any obligation. And you'll see that not only you're going to learn something, you're going to see that the time absolutely flies by and you're going to have some fun along the way. And uh, I think you're going to, really uh, enjoy it, I think. 
and uh, we otherwise we wouldn't have been continued to be able to do these for almost ten years because they became popular and we started yeah. doing them, and was, you know, once a month, and now they we do them every less than three weeks, and we do basically almost two a month. Uh, so uh, anyway, we hope to see you there. Uh, and uh, again, all you have to do to go to that free estate planning essentials workshop is to call two one four seven two zero zero one zero two. That's two one four seven two zero zero one zero two, or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. So I'm um, at a media convention in Nashville, Tennessee this week, and I'm in the hotel room getting ready for the day, and I have the news on, and I see what they're trying to do next, which I think is fascinating, and I wonder why this rock wasn't unturned as thoroughly as it has in the past, like it's going to be now, apparently. But now, Michael, they're doing genetic testing for fathers who want to find out if they are actually... Uh, the parentage or the fathers of certain children where the children um, have denied any connection with that individual. Uh, are you aware of that? Well, you could see how that could be that, you know, the same holds true either way. Let's say mm-hmm. that you have uh, a famous child and that child uh, passes and maybe they didn't have a will. Well, now all of a sudden the parent might inherit. <laughs> and so they may want to be considered the parent, you know, for whatever reason. I remember looking at, remembering the, uh, watching the movie about James Brown mm-hmm. and his his mom, who had kind of really kind of abandoned him, all of a sudden, uh, when he became famous, came to to see him at, you know, in his uh, makeup room. And James Brown knew, I said, okay, what's mom really want? She didn't, she gave me up. I had to go live someplace else. And now she wants what? Money. And so <laughs> I hate to be skeptical uh, about this, but maybe they want to have the fame. We see in all times, uh, we, people want to latch on the fame of a famous either child or or sibling. We saw uh, Patrick Mahomes with his brother wants to latch on to the uh, the popularity of his, you know, famous football quarterback brother. Uh, so, you know, people want that attention. I'm afraid you see that also in basketball with uh, Lorenzo Balls. You know, the parent uh, has to have a lot of attention. I hate to say it that way, but for whatever reason, it could be monetary or attention. It's not. Un- it's certainly understandable why uh, parents may want to do that. Yeah, it's complicated. It's frustrating. I can't imagine what it would be like uh, to be uh, the, the individuals in Ohio that you talked about, um, all the way up to Jerry Jones in that situation. Um, sounds like it usually is about the money. It's not something intangible, like wanting to reconnect with family, like that new legislation that could be passed or uh, what's happening with Jerry Jones, I don't really know. And and you kindly and um, objectively simply say each time, I don't know what the motives are here. It usually, at least more often than not, is money um, or fame or reputation or power. Who knows what why they're doing it, but it's sad and it's difficult. And um, we'll just have to write it out and see what happens, but it certainly will be in the news. Um, in the meantime, Attend Michael's next workshop for your individual circumstances because 
you may need Michael's help and not realize it. At least give him an opportunity to answer a question for you, not one that you would re- research online, not one you would ask your neighbor. Let Michael answer it for you, someone who's extremely intelligent, insightful, uh, and current with uh, the laws and um, what is currently happening around the country and the world. The way to do that is to attend his next workshop, which is Tuesday, March the 22nd at 1 o'clock. It's online. It's not in person. And you can attend and never have to leave the comforts of your own home. To do so, dial 214 720 0102, 214 720 0102, or go to Dallas Elder Lawyer, ELDERLawyer, which is in April, and Michael is, is happy to do that for you uh, at the drop of a hat. Uh, I think that's really it for today. Michael Cohen, thank you for the outstanding education and your expertise, and we look forward to next week. The record shows I took the blows and did it Leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today.